welcome to another episode of the list of the podcast i'm michael k and i'm allison Meghan markle and prince harry's interview with oprah was two weeks ago over two weeks ago mm-hmm. and there's still some aftermath over it so when we talked about it on the podcast allison you covered how Piers Morgan quit his job on Good Morning Britain. Yeah, he was so mad about it. Yeah, after his colleague Alex Beresford called him out for his obsession with Meghan Markle, uh, the racism and his hate against her. You know, like Piers accused Meghan of lying about being suicidal, things like that, called her a liar. Mm -hmm. So Piers couldn't take getting a dose of his own medicine. He shit his pampers. He exited stage left and he's off the show now he quit the show mm-hmm. so now another loudmouth brit may be out of a job because of that interview the ball just keeps rolling sharon osborne has been friends with piers morgan for a while they were both judges on america's got talent sharon has been on the talk since the beginning it's currently in its 11th season the talk, if you don't know, is basically the kindler, gentler, the view. AKA, it's really boring. Uh, hey, now. <laughs> oh, the talk is so boring, Allison. The talk, like, no, the talk is my view. I love the talk. What? It's basically love- just like a long infomercial for CBS shows. I feel like they just promote CBS shows. Yeah, it's a it's an infomercial for CBS shows and also a giant commercial for like the line between the talk and like home shopping channel is very blurry. There are some episodes that just end with them selling stuff. I love it. I'm not saying this is a hater. I love it. Okay. Well but. that's well that's good. Someone <laughs> has to love it. Mm-hmm. So when Piers first blew his shit over getting confronted about his Meghan Markle hate, Sharon tweeted support to him. And when the first when the talk first brought Piers up, Sharon didn't really say anything too messy. She said she doesn't believe Piers is racist, but he was wrong to walk off the set since it's his job to listen to other people's opinions. And well, she should have taken her own advice because on the next episode of the talk, Sharon was a mess. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it all started. So it all started when two of Sharon's co-hosts, Cheryl Underwood and Elaine Welter-Roth, who are both black, asked Sharon how she feels about people thinking that her support of peers is also giving support to his racism. She fucking lost it. She did what you're not supposed to do. She got defensive. She became the victim. She took it very personally. I mean, it switched. It was... She got, she not only took it personally, she got so defensive. So Sharon told Cheryl Underwood that she doesn't think what Pierce said was racist and told Sharon to educate her on how what he said was racist. And she then went on about how she's being put in the electric chair because since people think Piers Morgan is racist, now they think she's racist for supporting him. And then when Cheryl started to get emotional, Sharon told Cheryl to not cry because if anyone should uh, be crying, it's her. I will ask you again, Cheryl. I've been asking you during the break. I am asking you again. And don't try and cry because if anyone should be crying, it should be me. This is the situation. You tell me where you have heard him say, educate me. 
tell me when you have heard him say racist things. Educate me. Tell me. It, it is not the exact words of racism. It's the implication and the reaction to it to not want to address that because she is a black woman and to try to dismiss it or to make it seem less than what it is that's what makes it racist but but right now i'm talking to a woman who i believe is my friend and i don't want anybody here to to watch this and say that we're attacking you for being racist and and, and that and and for that if i articulated i think it's anything, too late i think that okay. seeds already sown but that that is why i'm saying for <laughs> me that was bold because i will say as a fan of the talk cheryl underwood is one of the best parts of the show and i would not categorize Sharon osborne in the same way well and and also like i don't know much about anything but i do know <laughs> that when you're discussing anti-black racism with a black person mm-hmm. and you're a white person you should not say don't cry i should be the one crying no I'm pretty sure that's something you should not say and no. if you even think that excuse yourself go look in the mirror for a while because you're a terrible person oh my god yeah your thought is you're like your only job is to be furniture like you just like sit there and be like i'm gonna let you talk this is your time to talk i don't have anything to add to this in any relevant or helpful way i'm just gonna sit here and shut up but she couldn't even do that well i don't think she should have i don't think she needed to sit there and shut up but she like got defensive she suddenly became the victim then telling someone not to cry yeah that's not yeah anyway so right after that episode aired and it went viral sharon apologized and said that she panicked and got defensive over the fear of being seen as racist and she has deep love for the black community and from now on she will listen and do better and well she didn't do that but more on that later so Uh, After that episode aired, CBS put the talk on hiatus as they investigated, which, I mean, what is there to investigate? It's the clip is right there. Yeah, investigate is HR terminology for like, we need to have a couple of meetings about this because someone is going to have to clean out their desk and it might be Sharon. Their initials are (laughs) S.O. Yeah. They were originally supposed to take just a few days off, but that's been extended, and they're still on hiatus. They haven't announced their return. So since that cringeworthy moment, and because of that cringeworthy moment, some of Sharon's past co-workers from the talk have come out to say that she's kind of racist and is definitely a mess. So Holly Robinson-Pete said that Sharon once told her she was too ghetto for the show. Leah Remini claimed that she heard Sharon called Julie Chen, who is Asian, wonton and slanty eyes, and called Sarah Gilbert, who is a lesbian, fish eater and pussy licker. Sharon denied both Holly and Leah's claims. Oh, and someone also brought out a clip from the talk where Sharon said that Meghan Markle, whose mother is black, is not black. Blackness yeah. to the royal family, yeah. which, which is not the first time. She's black. She's black. She's black. She's black. She's black. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, no, I know, but she doesn't look black. To who? No. To, who? to anybody. 
Oh my God, Sharon is so such a there's wreck. that. All this came out because of yeah that cringeworthy moment. So Sharon really should have just kept her mouth shut about it. Like you know, put out that apology and then keep your mouth shut. But she did not because she's Sharon Osbourne. So she did an interview with Entertainment Tonight about what happened on the talk, and she thinks the producers set her up. It was a frame job. Yeah, they set her up to look like an asshole, which she took the bait, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if it was a setup that was like the least effort that anyone ever had to put into a setup, they're like, do you think she's going to fall for it? Three seconds later, she fell for it. They're like, okay, like, well, mission I accomplished. <laughs> yes, they all start high-fiving. So Sharon said that producers wanted her to talk more about Piers Morgan, but she didn't know they were going to turn it on her. So Sharon believes that both Cheryl and Elaine were pretty much in on it because they had questions about her written on their cards and Sharon didn't have those questions on her cards. So she's insinuating that Cheryl and Elaine and the producers like work together together to like blindside her. I finished saying what I'm saying and then Cheryl asked me these questions which I didn't know and they were written questions and then Elaine's reading her questions. Stand up for anti-racism. And I'm like, I've been set up. Don't try and cry because if anyone should be crying it should be me. And I went like, how dare you all? do this to me. I'm your sacrificial lamb. I mean, I'll say this. If you're trying really hard to convince people that you're not a racist, it's maybe not a good look to accuse the two black people on the panel of like being in cahoots to scheme against you. Yeah, not like maybe don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Leave that off your list of things to do. But also it's like, um, you're on live talk, you're on a talk show, a live a, telev- a, tel- a talk show that airs live, shouldn't you be ready for shit like that? Like, shouldn't you be ready for curveballs? Like, what if you're interviewing someone and they throw you something that you should always be ready for that shit? So her saying that they set her up, okay, let's say they did. Uh, she should still be ready for it. Yeah, at the very least, if someone throws you a curveball, you can always just be like, hmm, I'll have to think about that. Like, you you just, like, bail on the question. Mmm, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. I'll have to mm. give that more thought. <laughs> Let me get back to you. Yeah. Yeah. But so Sharon also thinks that she's not wanted on the show and her time there is over. Now, Sharon said that she reached out to Cheryl Underwood privately and apologized. But Cheryl has not responded to her. Cheryl did say on her podcast, she talked about this on her podcast, and said she thought they were going to have an interesting and good conversation but then things exploded. And Sharon Cheryl also said that she's forgiven Sharon for snapping at her. And there's also a report that if CBS fires Sharon, she will fight them to pay out the rest of her contract, which is worth tens of millions of dollars. That's maybe the craziest part of this story, actually. What, that she thought, gets paid tens of millions of dollars? Yeah, I thought they would just like cut her like a check for like $10,000 and be like, is this enough to get you to leave? Is this good for you? It's good for us. Do you need us to add another one? (laughs) Oh, my God. Also, all of this over Pierce Morgan, by the way. Like, the only way that you should get this fired up about Pierce Morgan is to deny that you're friends with Pierce Morgan. 
Like I like that's the only reason I would like get like really as hyper as like Sharon Osbourne. Like I'd be like, what? Who said that? Who said I was friends with him? I don't even know him. I've only met Who him at an Emmy party. Who, Pierce what? Morgan? Oh, are you talking about the movie with uh, Sarah Jessica Parker and Hugh Grant? What peer? <laughs> Is that I got some chairs. I got some chairs from there. I got some beautiful throw cushions. It's also funny to me because she, she like criticized Piers Morgan for walking off mm-hmm. and not like br- cutting off the conversation, which is basically what she did. Like she didn't physically walk off, but she cut off the conversation when she got defensive and got snippy. Like there was no hope in having a reasonable conversation when she took it there. No, and when you start flipping out like that, like, once you've, like, lost control of the conversation, you start flipping your shit and, like, yelling and, like, you're just going nowhere with the conversation, the only way that they can kind of end it is for one of the producers to be like, uh, let's go to a commercial, which is like cutting off the conversation. It's a metaphorical walk-off. Yeah. I yeah. I learned that at daytime TV school. Yeah. yeah but instead she like basically stomped off and was crying like woe is me Mm -hmm. and she's on the wrong show because (laughs) (laughs) what show should she be on michael well she's probably gonna get fired from the talk but she should be on the view because if she pulled this shit on the view she wouldn't get fired she would get a bonus (laughs) they would give her whoopee spot they'd be like here's your chair ma'am Yeah, they give her a whoopee spot. Like, look at Megan McCain. Like, she says dumb shit daily, on the daily, and they keep her because she keeps the show trending. Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, Sharon should apply at The View. She doesn't even to apply. She just knocks on the door. They open the door before she completes her second knock. It's like, knock, half knock. They're like, please come in. We have your yeah, dressing just, room all waiting for you. Yeah, they're just throwing money at her. <laughs> More than $10,000? Uh, 10,001. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. Okay. So moving on from uh, one mess where people hate you to another mess where people hate you, um, except this one didn't play out on television. So Kylie Jenner got into some trouble on the internet uh, this week. And I mean, I was going to say not for the usual reasons, but Kylie Jenner generally isn't, doesn't really get into too much uh, shit on the internet. I mean, usually it's Chloe that's kind of, you know, has people asking, like, what's going on over at that house? I mean, at one at some point, they've all just became one person to me. So I, yeah. Yeah, I'll, it's I'll, like. I'll go with what you're saying. Yeah, what's that Greek monster that's like, uh, it's like. Hydra? Yeah, it's, they're a Hydra at this yeah. point. They're like Hydra. A I Hydra. think I injected that. Yeah. <laughs> so this, uh, this situation actually happened. Back on March 14th, so a celebrity makeup artist named Samuel Rauda was injured in a car accident. And it was like a bad car accident. It was the type where, you know, he's in the hospital, stuff is bad. He allegedly has like internal bleeding and a brain injury. It's like bad news, right? So Kylie decided to share a link to his GoFundMe, which is not really out of the ordinary because, I mean, there's a lot of different GoFundMes for a lot of different people, right? And like Samuel was in the type of car accident where he's got a lot of medical bills. So Kylie, um, you know, did like a social media put out being like, you know, 
pray for Samuel Rauda. Like he was in this car accident. Here's the link to his GoFundMe. If you want to like donate, his family could really use it. Like they set up this GoFundMe for him. And again, this is all like totally normal stuff, right? Every day you see someone being like, hey, check out this GoFundMe. This person could use your help. Mm -hmm. So the reason that people were mad that Kylie Jenner did that is because I don't know if you know this, Michael. Kylie Jenner is allegedly a billionaire. And so Mm. when she was tweeting out like a link to a GoFundMe, which it's not like the amount, it wasn't the the, like goal amount for the GoFundMe wasn't like $2 billion, like Mm -hmm. out of the realm of what Kylie could pay. Um, It was like in the thousands. So it had, yeah, I think Go- it was like when I saw it, it was at 120,000. Right. It's so it's still at 120,000 and um they've have raised 100,000. So that's really good. It's also super sad though because like $120,000 worth of medical bills is like that's that's, that's a day. Tough. That will that will cover a day in the hospital probably. A day p- plus a Tylenol and maybe yeah. like um generic nurse- Tylenol, generic yeah. Tylenol, not brand. A nurse will bring you ginger ale. And then they've hit their $120,000 limit. So on GoFundMe, in case you're listening, you've never, you know, donated to GoFundMe, um, it'll show the list of donors. And you can actually search by the top donors who has donated the most, right? So Kylie Jenner was dumb. She put her name, like, I guess that she was like, I want everyone to know how generous I am. So it's like, Kylie Jenner donation, $5,000. And so the internet flipped out because they're like, is nothing to you. Do not feel proud about donating $5,000. And also, everybody was talking and saying, like, this is Kylie's makeup artist. Like, first of all, you should be offering them healthcare, some kind of healthcare package, Blue Cross Blue Shield. I don't know. Um, But also, they're like $5,000. Well, he's a freelancer, right? Yeah, but I mean, I don't know how healthcare works. Well, I think you, <laughs> can you just like you need to be like I think you need to be a full full time employee, okay. employee yeah and she probably doesn't do that because she doesn't want to pay healthcare healthcare exactly well you don't become a billionaire by giving all of your employees healthcare and taking care of them paying them what they deserve so um yeah so people were just like that's gross you donate five thousand dollars you could have donated you could have donated one hundred twenty thousand dollars it would have cost nothing to you that's like how much each of her cars cost go trade in one of your cars and or she could have. Just donate them the money and shut up. And be quiet about it. Nobody would have known. Instead, it's like, like you said, she wanted everyone to see. Because like the Kardashian-Jenner whatever, they can't do shit without wanting to get attention for it. So she probably thought, oh, everyone's going to see, you know, I donated $5,000 and I have such a good heart. Yeah, she's like, but then it backfired on her. She thought she's like the yeah. She thought she was the next like Mackenzie Bezos over here, being like, "I'm a billionaire, but I'm also donating money." So, just letting you guys know, I'm very generous. So, um, a a source. I'm using air quotes. You can't see it because this is a podcast. A source decided to clear up the situation. Right. So they went to page six and they were like, "Listen, Kylie is not tacky, and here's why." The situation was that when. Kylie was made aware of the uh, GoFundMe, the limit, the, uh, sorry, not the limit, the uh, goal, the goal was $10,000. They'd already reached 6,000. So she thought, okay, well, if I give them five, 
I've covered it, plus a little $1,000 extra, right? She legitimately thought she was being generous. Top them um, off and then some, yeah. Exactly. So she's like, I'm being good because it's only $10,000. And then the source was also like, you know, Samuel isn't even her makeup artist. Like, this is just someone she's worked with a couple times. So if you do follow, like, Kylie on Instagram and all that stuff, her current makeup artist is someone named Ariel Tejada. So it's true. It's like Samuel isn't her current makeup artist. But still, everybody was like, this is the biggest excuse. This is not like a good excuse either. It look you still look tacky. So Kylie then decided to like, she personally spoke on the situation in an Instagram story. So she typed up this long thing and she kind of told the same story where she was like, I thought the limit was $10,000. I thought I was doing a huge favor by giving them $5,000. Then all of a sudden, the like, you know, the goal went right up to $120,000. And here I am, you know, only donating five. Exactly. Um, And she, this is where I'm like, you know what? Again, this is like a Sharon Osbourne situation. It's like, Kylie, say less. You don't need to explain all this because it makes you look so shitty. So in her explanation, she was like, um, she's like, this is a false narrative. I don't like the false narrative that's been created about me. Um, you know, like, she's like, I'm not in the business of having to, like, pay for makeup artists, uh, hospital bills. She's like, he's not my makeup artist. I haven't worked with him in a few years. He's really nice, though. So that's why I, like, wanted to help out. She's like, I didn't even know about it until her makeup artist, Ariel, uh, you know, Instagrammed about it. So she was like, I just thought that I would be so nice to, like you know, pass it on and whatever, blah, blah, blah. So she was definitely kind of pulling like, I don't even know him. I barely even know him. Like, I'm being so generous, guys. She ended yeah, one thing up, she yeah. said in there is that she yeah. said, I don't have a personal relationship with him, which is like, okay, she's full of Botox, silicone and shit because it's mm-hmm. like, okay, you don't have a personal relationship with him, but neither do all the people you're asking to donate. Yeah, his GoFundMe. I mean, none of them have a personal relationship with him. Yeah, and also I would say that if someone has touched my face, I would say that I have a personal relationship with that person. You know, or because she could have also just like Instagrammed out that like GoFundMe and been like, um, I don't know who this person is, but they could probably use some help. But again, it's like, why do you need to do that? Because like. You could just quietly pay the whole GoFundMe. You could just like contact the family and go, hey, listen, uh, I'm going to like top off the top of your GoFundMe, but then I'm just going to also cut you a check for like $120,000 because that means nothing to me because I have so much money. I'm just going to give it to you. More importantly to a Kardashian, I mean, if they donate that much money and they don't get credit for it, it doesn't count. It never existed. She doesn't quietly do shit. No, Kylie's going to show up to, like, Cedars-Sinai Hospital with one of those giant checks that they, like, publish as clearinghouse checks. And she's like, shh, don't tell anyone. I'm being quietly generous right now by giving this giant check to pay for these medical bills. Also, I think the problem that, like, the biggest problem I have is that if, like, she has money, right? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like we, we we both agree she has a lot of money she, she has, has spare change she's got a lot of spare change like and uh, medical bills are so expensive and it's like unless you've if you haven't been there you don't understand like how much you need to have them paid off and like 
her family knows better than anyone how expensive medical procedures can be. Oh, they get all that shit for free. They get all that plastic <laughs> shit for free. <laughs> like they're paying for that. I'm so, what I'm surprised is, and they should be giving Kylie, everyone should be giving Kylie credit for, is mm -hmm. that the $5,000 seemed to come from her. I would think it would say like $5,000 from Kylie Jenner furnished by Flat Tummy T. <laughs> so she used her yeah. own money, so you got to give her credit. No, she like she she uh, laundered it out of like the Kylie Cosmetics accounting. She's like, write write this off. Just pretend we bought a new water cooler for the office. I want to get the tax credit on it. Okay, so this is a story about a woman who has had it and was sick of doing all the cooking and cleaning for her family. So she went on strike. The woman who goes by Miss Potkin on Twitter started with a tweet, and that tweet read, Two days ago, I decided to stop doing the dishes. I make all the dinners, and I am tired of having to do all the cleaning too. Since then, this pile has appeared, and at some point, they're going to run out of spoons and cups and plates. Who will blink first? Not me. So she posted a picture of all the dishes piled up next to the kitchen sink. And then she spent the next two days live tweeting about her cleaning strike. So she said that her family eventually ran out of big bowls and spoons, but they still didn't clean the dirty dishes after running out of big bowls and spoons. They just added to them. They did take out the trash, though. So they did that. Um, that trash win was short, though, because then Miss Potkin tweeted that someone, I'm guessing her husband, used the baby spoon to make tea with and used their emergency cup. <laughs> I don't, I guess the emergency cup is a cup they don't touch unless there's an emergency. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then it got worse. So she tweeted pictures of piles of dirty laundry around the house. She said that someone left a sausage on the pan and it was there for two days. Uh, she also refused to change out the toilet paper. So when the toilet paper ran out, she just let it run out. And when the shampoo and conditioner ran out, she didn't refill it. She just kept it empty. And then finally, uh, Miss Potkin's husband decided to do some cleaning. And she filmed him scraping cereal out of a bowl into the trash can. And you'd think he was like doing brain surgery because it took him forever. It was so slow. I was just, I was screaming like, that's not how you do it. <laughs> Oh, the, the speed, the speed is so bothering. <laughs> it was just like, oh, like taking forever. And, and then, but then he did fill the dishwasher, but he didn't turn it on. Oh, Jesus. And he left the sink clogged and there were still a bunch of dirty dishes on the counter. He's a tease. Uh, <laughs> he eventually turned on the dishwasher four hours later and replaced the empty toilet paper rolls. So that, that was the end of the experiment experiment. So Miss Potkin tweeted that she mostly found the whole two-day saga hilarious and that uh, we're all entitled to run our own experiments, be amused, push a situation to its limits if we so choose. No one needs to be lectured by those that have failed to see the silly joy in what's happening here. And many others, mostly women, responded because they too feel Miss Potkin's pain, especially during the pandemic. 
I mean, it's both a good and a bad idea. Because, like, obviously it's good because you're sending a message. But it's bad because the message gets twisted into, like, show me how creative you can be. And that's how you end up with people who are, like, using workout shorts to filter their coffee and, like, eating dinner with barbecue grill tools. Yeah, they didn't go there, surprisingly. Thank goodness. I mean, I'm yeah. glad for her. <laughs> yeah, they didn't start eating cereal out of their underwear. They there there was a line for them, but you know, like I watched the video, like I said, of Miss Potkin's husband doing mm-hmm. emptying the cereal out, and it's like, I I know that person. It's like that person. I've lived with those people, and I'm yeah. not naming names. But it's like, let's say there's dishes left out dirty dishes and mm-hmm. it starts piling up they'll do them but they'll like let's say there's six dishes they'll wash like three and then they'll oh, get yeah. bored and walk away and that like puts me in a straitjacket. it's to me it's almost worse than not doing it because i'm like you were doing it because you realized that i need to do it but then you stopped and that shit is still dirty that dirty shit is still right there and it only takes like another like three minutes to do the rest of them yeah you're like what else are you doing what else are you doing with your time not cleaning the house that's for sure oh can i ask you a question have you ever um have you ever like deliberately done that where you just like don't clean up no like i'm a clean freak i i have a i have like trouble going to sleep if my house is not clean i like if there's dishes dirty dishes in the sink I have a really hard time going to sleep. So mm-hmm. I will just clean it. If it was like a Miss Potkin situation, I would just get a new family. I'm sorry. I would just... <laughs> <laughs> I would either pull some Gone Girl thing and f- fake my death, or I would just get a new family because I couldn't deal with that shit. Because yes, I'm a clean freak, but I also get very annoyed when people like don't clean up after themselves. So the mm-hmm. two together, yeah. Have you? Uh, yeah, one time, I mean, I used to live with, um, we've all kind of had roommate stories. But yeah, I like realized that I was kind of turning into like the mom of um, the house I was living in. So uh, I sent around an email just being like, I'm not doing the following things anymore. I'm not watching. I am dishes. not your mother. I'm not your mother. Basically, I was like, I'm not your mother. And then um, I had to like rely on my roommates to clean up after themselves. One of them came through, one of them like legitimately just started pulling their weight. And then the other one was doing like what you're doing where it's like they used to leave their towel on the bathroom floor and then they started leaving it in the hallway. And I was like, yeah, moving it from the bathroom to the hallway is not is not cleaning up. I hate to break it to you. And then he called me your majesty because apparently my standards were too high. You never like took that towel and threw it in his room, like took their dirty dishes and put it in their room. At no, least it never no. went there. Mm-mm, no, it was a boy towel. I didn't want to pick it up. <laughs> With gloves <laughs> and, and bleach. Put it right into the fire. Well, this kind of sort of reminds me of something. Okay. When I was a kid, uh, my mom had this friend, Ethel. Mm-hmm. Ethel, she didn't fuck around. So... My mom and Ethel were renovating the bathroom I shared with my sister. Mm -hmm. They were redoing the tile, changing out the toilet, all this stuff. So I'm in my room one night and Ethel comes in and is like, can can you come to the bathroom with me for a second? And I was like, okay. So I go to the bathroom with her and she takes me to the toilet and (laughs) she shows like, she points at like the the base of the toilet and it's all rusty, nasty. (laughs) 
disgusting. And she's yeah. like, do you see that? She's like, that's because you don't aim. You don't pick. And she like, she had like three sons. So she was used to this. And she's like, you don't aim. You don't, um, you don't lift the toilet seat. You have to do that from now on because look what happens. And I swear that is in, that has stayed in my head. And sometimes like when I'm peeing, I hear Ethel telling me this, like to lift the seat and to aim well, like, Ethel's words have stuck with me, and sometimes I'm like, you know what, Ethel, I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a rebel, and I'm not gonna put the seat down. Oh, Take don't, that, Ethel. don't. She's gonna haunt you. <laughs> no, then I piss on, and I have to clean it. So Ethel gets the last laugh. But you know, Miss Plotkin never showed the toilets. Well, or talked about the toilets. <laughs> to be, to be fair, we, we all, we all have a limit to what we want to see. <laughs> Allison and I will now talk about five stories, starting with Mrs. Doubtfire. Back in uh, 2015, Chris Columbus, who directed Mrs. Doubtfire, said that there was an NC-17 version of the movie. So someone brought it up on Twitter last week, and it spread, and people demanded the NC-17 cut of Mrs. Doubtfire. But Chris Columbus tells Entertainment Weekly that there is no NC-17 version of Mrs. Doubtfire. He explained that the late, great Robin Williams loved ad-libbing. So Robin would do two or three takes and stay on script. And then Chris would let him go wild and do whatever he wanted for the rest of the takes. The movie was rated PG-13, and Chris said that Robin would sometimes do things that wouldn't be allowed with a PG-13 rating, but it wasn't NC-17 material. It was more R-rated material. And Chris said he's open to doing a documentary about the making of Mrs. Doubtfire where he shows some of the R-rated scenes. So, I mean, this is great news for anybody who wanted to see more of Mrs. Doubtfire, but the fact that, you know, we have confirmation that it's not an NC-17 cut is bad news for all the people who were really hoping for a nasty full frontal sex scene between Mrs. Doubtfire and the vacuum. Or like what I think is like he and he probably had he had to have done this. It's like lift up his Mrs. Doubtfire skirt and then his like hairy dick was hanging out of his chonies. <laughs> there has to be that. Like give us Robin the hairy Williams. dick cut. Give us the hairy dick cut of Mrs. Doubtfire. It'd be better than the Snyder cut. Of Justice League. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I'd spend four hours watching that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I would. At the height of Cindy Crawford's fame, she starred in an underrated masterpiece called Fair Game. This was 1995. So it also starred Billy Baldwin and Salma Hayek. So Cindy tells Red Magazine that she never wanted to get into acting, but a producer begged her to do the movie and kept offering her more and more money. So she finally said yes. But now she thinks she should have said no or prepared herself better. And that as much as she loves watching actors, she doesn't think she is one. She is an actor. She's probably the best kind of actor because, well, the best kind of thespian because she did her greatest work in one project and realized that she could not top that. So she bowed out. She bowed out while she was on top. Meryl Streep could never. Yeah, I know. Meryl Streep is always chasing that validation. Yes. Cindy Crawford's like one and done, baby. 1995 and I retired. I mean, I know that she's kind of like embarrassed by it, but she shouldn't be because it could always be 
way more embarrassing. Like she could have been starring opposite of Stephen Baldwin. Yeah, that would definitely even Alec. At this Probably. point, yeah. <laughs> At this point, yeah. In 2021, that joke is very valid. <laughs> yeah. I saw. I actually saw Fair Game opening night. What? In, in the theaters, but... What I, an experience. I was too young to get in, so we snuck in. There was nobody in there the whole time. Opening night. America has no taste. I wonder what they were seeing instead. 1995, I don't know, my brain... Will collapse Jurassic Park or some garbage yeah, like that. Yeah, something with some piece of shit like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Bella Thorne, everyone's like, who? <laughs> Bella Thorne, she got engaged to her Italian pop singer boyfriend, Benjamin Mascalo, after two years together. Bella got with Benjamin right after she split up from her last boyfriend, Maud's son, and Maud's son and Bella were in at least one throuple together. And now she's getting married. True love lives, Allison. It's true. And also, I heard they're already planning their wedding. It's a very exclusive guest list. Um, she's only inviting her closest OnlyFans. And you have to pay $19.99. They'll do it. They'll subscribe to it. Yeah. It's an exclusive wedding event. After the death of international treasure Alex Trebek, Jeopardy brought in a bunch of guest hosts. And Dr. Oz is currently guest hosting for the next two weeks. But a group of former Jeopardy contestants tried to stop Dr. Oz from hosting, and they sent Jeopardy's executive producer, Mike Richards, a long note saying that Dr. Oz is a charlatan and goes against Jeopardy's stand on presenting the facts and truth. They said that for the past two decades, Dr. Oz has promoted supplements that don't do anything, pushed for the opening of schools during the pandemic, mentioned hydroxychloroquine, hydro... hydro hydroxychloroquine hydroxy cut yeah as a treatment for COVID-19 and shared dangerous cures for autism among other things 500 people signed the petition to remove Dr. Oz as a Jeopardy guest host but he's still hosting Mm -hmm. but you know what honestly I'm with them because it's only a matter of time before you know the clues go from normal to Dr. Oz being like for $200 this is the one magic trick that's the cure for belly fat. Yeah, and he'll, with a link to his website. Yeah, to a li- with a link that's like very sketchy. That's like you're gonna get a virus, but you want to find out. Yeah, but you'll get skinny. Mm-hmm. But you know what, Doctor Phil is probably loving this, and he probably signed it because he likes it when someone else is the biggest mistake that Oprah has thrust upon us. They're they're neck and neck at this point, though. And finally, a writer and comedian named Jensen Karp claimed on Twitter that he found two cinnamon-coated shrimp tails in his box of cinnamon toast crunch cereal he bought from Costco. So Jensen tweeted at Cinnamon Toast Crunch, who said that they would send him a new box, but then they claimed that they looked closer, that they looked closer at the pictures and that those aren't shrimp tails, but dried up clumps of sugar. So Jensen isn't buying their theory, and he went further into the box and found a tiny string and some tiny black gunk on a piece of cereal, and some think it's rat shit. Jensen's wife, who is Danielle Fischel from Boy Meets World, also found dental floss in the cereal. Jensen tells TMZ that he's never buying Cinnamon Toast Crunch again. And General Mills, who makes the cereal, 
stands by their claim that the shrimp tails didn't come from them and they're waiting for Jensen to send the bags back to them. I mean, to be fair, on the box, it says crunch. And the tail is the crunchiest part of the shrimp. Yeah, and like shrimp, that's fancy, right? Yeah, it's like getting a lobster tail for yeah. lobster dinner, <laughs> surf and turf. It probably wasn't shrimp, though. It was probably roaches. It yeah, well, like, I mean, like mutilated roaches. <laughs> <laughs> they got mutilated when they fell in the cinnamon sugar. And they're like, ah, uh, keep it. We're going to do a little show and tell this week. This is where Allison and I share a recommendation. So my show and tell this week is a TV show. Uh, I used to be a major HGTV whore, right? Mm -hmm. I watched all of the shows all the time, hours a day. But then like their shows became less and less about design and more about like home renovation and flipping they gotta show that sledgehammer going through the wall over and over again yeah all of that and i just got bored and then like i don't like any of the hgv hgtv stars really like the waco people and those flipper flat messes Mm -hmm. so i kind of stopped watching hgtv more and more and more but then leanne ford came along and she is a designer and her and her brother steve ford are have been on a few HGTV shows. And they ha- their new show, which is my show until this week, is mm-hmm. called Home Again with the Fords. And Lee and her family used to live in Los Angeles, but after the birth of her child, they moved back to her hometown of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So the show is about Leanne and Steve renovating and designing homes in Pittsburgh for people who grew up in Pittsburgh and are either moving back or settling down forever, or whatever. But she designs and renovates homes for them. So there are a few reasons why I love this show. So first of all, I mostly like Leanne Ford's style. Like, she uses a lot of black, she uses a lot of white, she uses a lot of marble, she uses disco balls. So I mostly like her style. So that's... uh, I like watching. Second of all, she's like a she looks like a grown-up version of Ramona Quimby. Terrific. That's a terrific look. Ageless. Yeah, she she has that hair. Mm-hmm. And thirdly, another reason why I watch this show is because Leanne and Steve seemed stoned out of their gourds during every episode. <laughs> like like they'll be doing an interview or whatever and she'll just start laughing. Like, and I'm like, what is she laughing at? Or she'll just start dancing. And they they just like, I don't know if they're stoned or I'm stoned or both. Both? Both. But I really enjoy it because, you know, I, I mean, I like watching them and I like their design. So, yeah. So, if you like stoners and you like home design, this show is for you. Okay. Home again, home again with the Fords. It's on HGTV. Okay, so I, um, I had no knowledge of Home Again with the Fords, so I did a quick search of it, and um, I just like saw a picture of it, and I was like, they look cute. To my shock, when you told me that they were brother and sister, I thought they were husband and wife. No, they're brother and sister. Yeah. <laughs> so you like no. th- this podcast is educational because yeah, because <laughs> I learned something. Um. Okay, that's very cool. 
So mine this week is a movie, which if you listen to last week's podcast, when we discussed the Oscar nominees, this will probably come as a shock because I uh, have said that I don't really watch movies, which that's the truth. I really don't watch movies. Um, I watched 10 minutes of Mank this week. Mm-hmm. So I'm already ahead of myself. Yeah, but I really got it all in. Yeah, you got your movie watching in for the month. I get the gist of it. It's yeah. black and white. I understand what's going on. So I realized, though. Wait, no, I have watched a new movie recently. Um, and so my show and tell this week is a movie called The Empty Man, and it's kind of how do I describe this? The reason I'm bringing um, bring this as my show and tell is because The Empty Man is kind of becoming like. I don't want to I don't want to give it as much credit to call it like a cult movie, but it is sort of like one of those. So it's a horror movie. It's like mm-hmm. they bill it as a mystery thriller horror, but it's like it's okay. a horror movie. Okay. And a lot of people have been watching it in quarantine because it's like one of the more recent horror movies. And it's like if you're a horror movie person, you watch them all. Right. So it's like here's a new one for you. But it's also kind of becoming a bit of a cult movie because, first of all, because everybody's watching it. But secondly, because it really walks the line between like, oh, this is a scary horror movie. And this is absolute, no question, garbage. Like, it is a bad movie, but it's also very, um, it's like a charismatic horror movie. Like, you're watching it being like, oh, this is like an, it's kind of, sort of reminds me of like horror movies from like the late 90s. Sort what's, of. What's the basic plot? Okay, so the empty man, uh, the titular empty man, is like this demon that lives. I mean, I'm. I'll try to do this without spoilers. He like lives inside of a person, and you like. Okay, so the whole thing is like that. The empty man is like chasing you, right? But you okay. don't know who the empty man is, and so it's like he invisible. Yeah, he's like empty. Like he's like Oh, okay. He's like void of being. <laughs> so but like teens are into the empty man because the empty man is also like an urban legend. So teens to call the empty man is um if you're walking on a bridge and you find an empty bottle, you blow into the bottle and then you say like empty man, empty man, and then empty man will come to you, but you don't know how empty man will come to you. But well if you if you pick up a bottle and blow on it, you're probably going to die. And not from the empty man, from fucking like, I don't know what kind of diseases. Oh, like diphtheria shit. or something? Yeah. yeah, something super gross. Um, it's urban legendy, but there's also cults, but there's also a hospital, but there's also like, uh, like tourism. Like it takes place, there's like a small town, um, there's teens, there's grownups who have had an affair. Uh, it's it's like all over the place. It's very weird, but it's good. It's like enjoyable. It's um, over two hours, so it's like kind of long. But also, it's one of those great movies where it was filmed in 2017 and then like sat on a shelf mm-hmm. until 2020. So there's already that behind it. It has a 50% uh, rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It has hey, a- that's passing. Okay, but it's got a 39% audience score. So it's bad. We don't care about that. (laughs) No, no, I don't need to. I don't need to hear critics or audiences. Yeah, we don't need those scores. (laughs) Yeah. So, anyways, it's it's like good and bad. So, if you're looking for something that's um, watchable, but you can also laugh at it, it's it's great. And it's is it in English? Yeah, it's like American. It's like low budget. Um, Where did you see it on? 
Uh, I think I want to say Netflix. Okay. I think, look, here's the thing. If it's not on Netflix, it's on some streaming service. And if it's not on any streaming service, I bet that somebody has uploaded it to YouTube. Yeah. It's one of those movies where like no studio is going to pull it down for copyright infringement. (laughs) They're just going to let you watch it. They don't care. They don't have the legal team for that. They're not losing any money. They're like, look, the movie costs us $3 million. Have at it. Go watch it. We don't care. So anyway, that's my that's my show and tell this week. The Empty Man. Yes, The Empty Man. Okay, I will watch that. I like horror movies. I never heard of it, so I will watch that. I think you'll like it. Okay, so that ends this episode. Those are our show and tells. Uh, We're off next week, but we'll be back the week after. So, um, and, and in the meantime, if you have a question you'd like to ask us or a note or whatever, you can email us at dtp at delisted.com. So till next time. Goodbye, Michael. Bye. Bye.